the Surviving Outside Sales Podcast, hosted by Mike O'Kelly, presented by Rhythm AI. The goal is to get in, dominate, then get out. Surviving Outside Sales, along with the show. Welcome to the Surviving Outside Sales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike O'Kelly, and I have a very special guest today, and we were talking before the show. We have a lot more in common than we originally thought, Murray Watts. Murray, how are you doing today? Man, Mike, I'm great. I appreciate you having me on, and it's always good to talk to an old baseball guy. Don't run across many of us these days, especially in sales, so it's it's good to reconnect and Talk about those, the glory days. Exactly. The glory days. If you, if you're listening to the show, you know, I've talked about them often and they keep getting further and further and further away (laughs) as I age, but we won't talk about that, you know, even though that was almost two decades ago. And there's probably some people, there's probably people listening right now that weren't born when the glory days were going on. (laughs) I was going to say, I use the phrase in my past life. That's how long ago it feels at this point. Exactly. That's how I feel as well. So we'll just leave it at that. So Murray, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? And, you know, obviously post baseball career, you can include that as well with the Kansas City Royals and talk about what you what you've done and what you're up to today. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. My name is Murray. I currently reside in Salt Lake City, Utah, originally from Arkansas, though. I grew up playing baseball, like we mentioned, had a great career there. And enjoyed it but you know that comes to an end not when you want it to but when somebody tells you it's time to quit and so that happened for me and i didn't know what to do i had, I had no idea what i wanted to do with my career what that looked like and so i did what most athletes do at that point that think they might like sales i got into fundraising in the athletic department at my alma mater arkansas state university and did that for a little bit but then got recruited into pharmaceutical sales Mm, so quickly, yeah, quickly joined into that because I think you hear these glory stories about pharma and selling it, how it's going to be a blast, and you're gonna you're gonna have just the best time in the world, and you get to hang out with doctors, and you go on trips, and you play golf, and then there's the little sunshine act that you know came into effect, and that's not the case anymore. It's a grind, and so I did that for a little bit, sold a number of different drugs, and the and the different doctors finished as a specialty rep in CNS. So calling on a psychiatrist mainly, which was some really interesting time, but made a pretty big pivot out of pharma into software sales. So got into the tech industry, actually here in Utah, selling software was a massive change, completely different in a lot of ways, but still also really, really similar to the, the pharma days. Did that for a couple of years. And, and really found that the travel for that in that particular role was just overwhelming. Had a wife, young kids, I'm traveling for these on-site visits and doing different things and got to the point, Mike, we talked beforehand, kind of sounds similar to, to your story of like, now my wife is going to kill me mm-hmm. if I take another airplane somewhere else when she's changing diapers. So I was like, how can I find something that has a small territory that I can be at home every night? And so transition back into the the medical field, selling dental implants, so med device, did that for a couple of years, and that's where I am today. It shifted back into software um, for a multitude of reasons, but have joined the software world again and been in that the last couple of years and, and really enjoyed it. So bounce back and forth from outside and inside sales. 
Yeah. And the first thing you mentioned was about the baseball career and something that I've mentioned to I've mentioned before. Everybody says, you know, what was it like to be a professional baseball player? You know, it must have been awesome. And it was, but everybody gets fired or you go to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> or you get a chance yeah. or you get a chance to retire on your own terms, which is very rare. Yeah. A lot of guys, they want to keep playing. Like Ricky Henderson kept trying to play till he was 50, playing in all different types of leagues. And so I, I think that, you know, it kind of builds that grit. You know, the you're playing a sport. You've been we've been thinking about this. I know I did. I want to get your thoughts. I mean, ever since I was five, I wanted to be a big league ball player. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden at 20 three or 24 all of a sudden nobody wants you it's a surreal feeling like you're washed up i was like i'm 24 years old i haven't even hit my physical peak yet and yet Mm -hmm. nobody wants me to play nobody wants to pay me to play ball for them it was soul crushing what was it like for you yeah i think it's it's interesting you say that right i was done with baseball at 25 being told that i was really old for the level i was at i'm like gosh i I don't feel old, but I mean, you're telling me this and it's such a unique position to be in the, you know, I don't know what the exact percentage is, top 1%, top half a percent, whatever mm-hmm. it is in the world at something. And then being told like, yeah, there's actually not a place for you anymore. You actually can't do this. That's a, it's a surreal feeling. It's a, a wake up call. Cause like you mentioned, you, everybody, you think you're going to be in the big leagues. You do all these things in your career. And you're never once thinking like, what am I going to do after baseball? This is probably going to end soon. That That's never the thought. It's always push forward. I'm going to make it. I'm going to be there. It's just a couple more at-bats, a couple more seasons, whatever it is. I'll make it. And that just wasn't the case. So it was uh, it was a rude awakening. Do you remember your last at-bat? I do. I do. So I actually remember... My last about with the Royals in the minor leagues the night before I got released or the, the night I got released. And then I remember my last at bat in El Paso, Texas mm. in independent league baseball. Yeah, I do remember both of those and probably something you'll never forget. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, the last one I had with the Braves, some left hand pitcher threw me a hanging curveball and I missed it by like an inch popped up to the left fielder. Should I should have hit it out of the park. Yeah, but I was dragging ass because it was right after my college season. And we'd had a brutal run to our cha- our conference championship and then stack on another 70 games in 75 days. I was done. I was toast. And then I struck out on a pitch that was like at my eye level. It was so bad. And yeah. that was an independent ball. And after I struck out, I, I kind of, you kind of get that sense. You kind of know like it's over. So for me, the 19 year journey was over. And when I bring, why, the reason why I bring this up is, you know, talking with Murray before, we, we, as an athlete, you know, and especially if you make it to the professional ranks, your entire career in baseball is a career. Like from the time I was five, I had a long-term goal. And so from five to 24, that's 19 years of baseball. That was like my first career was over and I was lost afterwards. I had no idea what I wanted to do. And you mentioned, you know, Hey, let's get in sales. And I think that's what happens to a lot of people when they're lost. They're like, yeah. hey, let me get into sales. How did you feel when you know you knew it was over? Did you feel kind of the same way? You feel lost? Run through that. And then how did you how did you land on sales? Like, was there just something in particular? Did you feel like, hey, sales can create money? Well, run through that process. Yeah. Yeah. So baseball ends and 
you know, you're familiar with this in the minor leagues. You're not getting paid anything, you know, mm-hmm. nothing. I think the most I ever made in baseball in one month was $3,000 pre-tax, right? Mm-hmm. It's the most I ever made in a month. And so I'm looking at all these jobs, especially sales jobs. They're like, hey, we're going to give you a base and here's commission if you actually do really well. I'm like, <laughs> I'm about to be rich. Yeah. Like, this is awesome. Like, man, it sucks that I'm not playing baseball anymore, but well, I'll actually be able to eat at night. So that's nice. Yeah. And I think growing up, you know, my parents always told me this and, you know, I had some teachers like, man, you should be a lawyer. Like you like arguing, you like talking, you, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, I'm not going to go back to law school. Like school is done for me. Mm-hmm. What else can I do if I like talking to people? Oh, sales makes sense. And, yeah. you know, you had people around you saying, yeah, you like talking to people. You're friendly. You should totally go into sales. And so I had this like great idea of what sales is going to be and how easy it's going to be. Cause you know, I like people and people like me and I'm really nice. And of course they're going to buy from the nice guy. And, you know, Mike, you know, probably where the story is going. They don't buy from the nice guy always. Right. And so that was another rude awakening after baseball, you get into the sales and, you know, you, you try to build relationships and you want to lean on, like, I was a professional athlete. Like you want to buy from me, like all this. And it's like, that's not actually the case. Like you need some skills in sales just as I took a thousand ground balls and a thousand cuts in the cage, I needed reps selling as much as I did in my baseball career. And I, at that point, I just, I just didn't have them. And so it was that that gut check moment again of like, am I going to grind this out and actually figure out how to do this really well? Or do I pull the plug and, and go do something else? And And for me, it was, let's grind and let, let's figure it out. Yeah, you you touched on something very important, and that is if you're new to sales or you're trying to get into sales, you got to get those reps. You're going to fall on your face. You're going to sound like an idiot. You're going to mumble. You're not going to know what to say. That's okay. You know, when I was five, I didn't know exactly how to hit a curveball or what a curveball was or, you know, not fully understand how to swing a bat. You just pick it up and you just swing at it. Every little kid does that. And it's the same thing. There's a progression in sales where you just realize, okay, first I need to just talk to the person. Then I need to realize how to start asking questions, you know, so there is that kind of progression. And so do you feel that the fundraiser, was it kind of like, Hey, I'm a fish in water. This is really good. I think I can make a career out of this. You know, I didn't at that time. Okay. Uh, (laughs) I don't, I don't know that I love this. Like, this is really hard. I thought it was going to be easy, man. It's not as easy as, as I thought it was. There's long days of doing stuff I don't really enjoy because at least baseball Mm -hmm. in that career, you could say, well, I actually like doing this. Like, this is kind of fun. That wasn't the case. And, you know, I think something too that I'm, I'm thinking about is, you know, we're gluttons for punishment. It seems like, because baseball, you know, you're striking out, even though I'm skilled and I've done all the work, I've done all the stuff I continue to strike out or not getting hits. It's the same in sales. Even today, I have tons of reps at this point, but I'm still going to fail. I still mm-hmm. get kicked in the teeth. It seems like every week mm-hmm. for something that, you know, I didn't think about, or it's just out of my control. So those, the sales in baseball, you know, the analogies are, are all over the place because so similar in how we have to go about our business, continuing to grind, even, even through the the troubles. Yeah. It's funny. Somebody was talking about the difference between sports because everybody says, oh, athletes make the best salespeople. 
Really? I feel like baseball players, and yes, I am biased, but baseball players make the best sales reps. And I'll tell you why. The best fail seven out of 10 times and are considered great. So they understand going in, I'm going to fail, but that's okay. Also, when you when you're a pitcher or you're let's just take a position player when you're hitting, if you make one bad swing and you pop up and you're out, you got to sit in the dugout for two or maybe three innings until you get another shot. And so you learn how to be very analytical and self like introspective mm-hmm. and focused on the next at bat. If you play basketball and you shoot an air ball, you have possibly 20 seconds and then you can shoot another one. You know, mm-hmm. when your team comes back down the court, Steph Curry completely just deletes a bad shot and then comes down, just shoots another one and then shoots another one and then shoots another one. And during a course of a game, you know, two hour game, some, some guys can get 30 shots up baseball. You get four, maybe five. If you're lucky at bats, mm-hmm. that's it. And so you kind of, it's kind of the same thing where depending upon what type of sales role you're in, you might get five great shots to sell in a day. You know, some of them, a lot of it's prospecting, et cetera, but you might get five great shots. That's just like a baseball game. Baseball players are used to that over and over and over again, taking the, you know, it's not just, Oh, I'll just, I'll make a sales call. And if it doesn't work out, I'll just do another one. Well, no, that's, that's not the sales world. That's not the real world. You know, you have to realize you go up, you visualize it, like visualizing before you go to the at bat, you've got a scouting report. What's this pitcher going to throw me? What does this pitcher throw in this situation? Then you get up to the plate and then you're hitting in, in a situation, situational hitting. Okay. There's a runner on first base and there's one out. What do I not want to do? Hit a ground ball. Mm-hmm. I need to try to drive a ball to the outfield, get a good pitch. so I can drive the ball. What pitch do you not want to swing at something low? Okay. Early in the count, you want to get something high. You can elevate. You were a power hitter. I was a power hitter. You want to elevate, drive the ball. So you now have gone from the entire strike zone to the upper part. The same thing in sales. You go in, Mm -hmm. you have a plan. It's not just, you know, like a basketball player. And I'm not picking on basketball players. I know that some guys are really smart, but you know, basketball player, you just grab the ball and you shoot, you know, shooters are going to shoot. Yeah. In football. I'd even add, I'd add to the analogy there where you go to the plate, you strike out, you come, you have to sit in the dugout. That's like your meeting, right? You, you've you mm-hmm. got a face-to-face meeting. You've had an online meeting, whatever it is, with the prospect. That's your demo. Oh, I blew it. Man, it's, you know, for me right now, it's 1040 a.m. I just blew that 10 a.m. call. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Okay, I got to go play the field. I can't not go do the rest of my job. I actually have to go back out. It's not another meeting but I've got to add prospects to a sequence. Mm-hmm. I've got to make some more phone calls. Yep. I've got to learn my product more. I've, I've got to do these little things that are crucial to my sales role. Even though I just blew this call, I've got to continue playing. And you know, the, the phrase always in baseball is like, Hey, don't let that strikeout come with you to the field. It's the same thing in sales. That call I just blew. I can't let it affect what I'm doing next. It's a confidence game. And then even further, to keep going down this path, you know, in the minor leagues, 140 games and like 147 days, big leagues, 162 games and like 170 days. The longevity of a baseball player of staying consistent is what really translates to sales because it's not boom or bust. It's like, hey, I'm consistent. I'm staying even keeled. I have a process. 
Let's just go back to the process. Let's figure it out. So again, I'm biased like you, Mike, mm-hmm. but I'm with you. I think baseball players, if athletes make the best salespeople, then the baseball players are the upper echelon of that. Surviving Outside Sales Podcast is brought to you by Rhythm AI. If you are in outside sales, check out rhythmai.com. That's R-I-T-H-M-A-I.com. The sales enablement tool that will help outside sales teams build their best sales days every day. Rhythm. Prospecting, targeting, and routing simplified. Everything an outside sales team needs, nothing it doesn't. Try for $1 for the first month today. That's rhythmai.com. Now back to the show. I absolutely love what you said because I never thought about that way. You know, after you're done hitting, you got to go out in the field. And really the field is kind of the, that's the prospecting. That's the business side. Batting is the actual sales. That's the actual, mm-hmm. you're in front of the buyers. You know, if, if if you're not a big baseball fan, it does not matter how great of a fielder you are. If you play first base, you have to hit home runs, mm-hmm. hit for a good average and drive runs in period, full stop. If you play shortstop, you can bat 220 if you're a great glove. But if you're at first base, you got to hit the ball. So you can't just be a fantastic first baseman. Mm-hmm. Translate that over to what you're saying. You can be the best planner. You can be the best business acumen person. But if you can't close deals, you're not going to have a career, period, mm-hmm. point blank. And so I don't even want to use an analogy of a middle infielder when it comes to sales, you got to be a third baseman, first baseman, right fielder. You got to have unbelievable skills in the field, but you also, you have to be more talented and bring bigger results at the plate. Mm -hmm. And that's your sale. That's your, that's when you're in front of clients, Mm -hmm. you know, I've never thought about that. And I'm going to steal that by the way, go for it. So you don't want a bad at bat, a bad sales call to affect your pre-call planning, the plan for the rest of the day. You don't want to go in your car and stew for 45 minutes. Go, get moving. And baseball players have had to do that thousands of times. And that's what I do in my sales career. Bad sales call, delete, delete. And you have to do that. You can't let it fester. You can't let it bleed into your process and into the subsequent calls after. And I'm actually very upset at myself for not seeing that earlier, but I do appreciate you bringing that on. And I got it. And if you're listening now, that's the reason why I bring on smart people is to make, is to, is to expand my knowledge, my mind and get me thinking in different ways. So, all right. Here's the other piece. Let me, Oh yeah, go ahead. Just a a little bit further on this. I think it's going to resonate with our listeners here because one at bat, isn't going to be the same as the next at bat, Mm -hmm. right? The objection you got in the first call, is it the objection you get in the next call? And so I've caught myself so many times thinking, oh, I just got shot down because of X, Y, and Z feature that we don't have or X, Y, and Z integration we don't have. Okay, everybody I talk to is going to be thinking about that. I need to, like, I've got to address that. i got to be ready or, or I've got to completely steer away from that. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got to delete, like you're saying. Not every at-bat is the same at-bat. Every objection is not the same. You have to go in just as confident, just as prepared as you were that first time, not remembering the objections because it's going to be different. Mm-hmm. I struck I struck out on a curveball last time. Well, I got to be ready for the fastball still. That's what I got to do. That's what I do well. 
And so I think we've beaten the dead horse on the yeah. baseball analogy. <laughs> we have. Sorry for the people that don't do baseball. Yeah. But it just resonates so well when you think about it in those terms of of how you're successful for the long term. Yeah. And yeah, the last thing I'll say is you don't always face the same pitcher. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's another thing too. It's no, I, I absolutely love the analogies. And, you know, we talked about grit and one of the strongest characteristics that I have, which this mouse, this might sound egotistical, but I'm just very confident in it, is my persistence. There's nobody that is more persistent than me. And when I get something in my mind that I'm going to do and I'm going to achieve, I'm going to go at it full throttle. Now, there might be some limitations in the future that I'm not aware of, like baseball. I just wasn't good enough. I didn't have, I didn't, I, I had the raw skill. You had the raw skill. If you get into minor league ball, you have the raw skill. Mm-hmm. The guys that make it to the big leagues are the ones that can put it all together. Mm-hmm. So, but when I get an idea of something that I'm going to do, I go after it. Persistent. And I think it's, and that persistence comes because I was a baseball player. Yeah. I don't think that was inherently born in me. I had a goal and I just went after it. And so, you know, it doesn't matter if you're in sports or you're in sales or you want to run a business, just going after what you want with reckless abandon and just staying at it, no matter how many roadblocks you get, no matter how many strikeouts you have, you had three strikeouts today. Yeah. It was humbling. Like no matter, no matter you did one good thing, don't sit there and just focus on it. So if you have, you have a win during the day, mm-hmm. don't celebrate it. It's 11 o'clock in the morning. Oh, I just closed a big deal. Let me kick my feet up and let, let me strike out for the rest of the day. No, that means that day is going to be a loser. Murray, was there any kind of scenarios in your baseball career where you kind of felt humbled and kind of stuck with you that you kind of leaned on in your future career? Yeah. You know, I think you mentioned earlier, right, about the strikeout leader, William William and Mary. I probably rivaled that. You know, I had plenty of strikeouts in my day for sure. So I think, you know, just when you think like I'm on top of the world, look at me, look what I did last at bat, look what I did over the weekend, look at me, you would inevitably, you know, take the hat trick, the, take three strikeouts in a game or or whatever it is. And so I think there were moments like that continuously throughout my career that always reminded me, okay, stay humble, stick to the process, stay humble, stick to the process. Similar to my sales career now, Mm -hmm. when depending on what kind of quota you have, is it a monthly quota? Is it quarterly? Is it annual? I'm in, I'm in a role now where it's a monthly quota. And so much of the sales world is cruel because it's like, look what I just did in August. Look at that. Yeah. But you're at $0 today. The month of September started. Look what I've done. Eight days from now, I'm at zero. Like we're all at zero. And so it's the same kind of thing. It's, it's of course, you want to build on the momentum. You want to take that confidence. But at the end of the day, it's next at bat, next at bat. Okay, it's the next month. I'm at zero again. We're all here together. Let's go see what we can do. And so I think, you know, you've mentioned it. And time and time again, I think about, Okay, stay consistent. How do I continue to have the grit that I'm going to outwork the next person, that I'm going to be more consistent than the next person? And I think that's that's really translated well to a sales career. Oh, absolutely. And you think about it, baseball players play almost every day. NFL plays once a week. NBA players, you know, basketball plays like two, maybe three a week. So there's that kind of, you know, get back up. You got another game tomorrow. That's great. You went three for four. Great. Today's a new day. And so, yeah, I think that that is kind of the sales world. 
you can't really take a lot of days off in the sales world. It's coming back. I mean, in. Mike, how many times did you sit in your car outside of an office and you're like, oh, I could skip this call mm-hmm. and nobody'd know. Nobody'd know. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go do this. Yep. I don't want another no today. To be honest, I don't think I even want a yes because I'm just over it. I don't want to talk to anybody. You could make that decision, yep. right? But I think if you've ingrained in yourself, this is who I am. I am full of grit. I am going to stay consistent and just outwork everybody because everyone else I know would not make that call. You're going to get to a place. You'll have those thoughts. You'll have those moments, but you'll turn the page and say, nope, I'm going to go make the call. I'm going to do it. I'll be the one that'll make it. And I think that's, that's a rare quality to have. You know, I have, I've been on many teams, many sales teams, mm-hmm. where that's not the gut reaction of people. It mm-hmm. is skip the call. Let's fake it. It's a ghost call. We'll just move on to the next one. We'll get them tomorrow. And and, uh, and that's just know, not the mentality. You don't know when that tomorrow is. Trust me, yeah. you're talking to two guys who were fired from the career that we were building for our entire lives as kids, growing up as teenagers, yeah. dreaming about. We And you never know when that day is, but that day is coming and it's coming for you. The same mm-hmm. can be said in the outside sales world or the sales world in general. You don't know when a, your company is going to be sold. You don't know when you're going to lose your job. You don't know when the, your manager is going to get fired. You're going to be the last person to know. Mm-hmm. The last person, just like the ball player. Front office has made the decision, hey, we're releasing O'Kelly today. They didn't They didn't consult me. Hey, Mike, we're thinking about releasing you. You know, We're going to give you about three games to, to build <laughs> average up. No. You just get released and it's done. There's no negotiations. It's final. And you don't know when your last day is. And it's the same thing in the the sales world. And, um, you know, this, this whole conversation is kind of steered around the baseball world. And the more we talk, the more I realized that this was kind of the secret sauce Mm -hmm. to my career was, Mm -hmm. was being a baseball player and everything that goes into being a baseball player the stuff that's not highlighted, the grind, the sweat, the practice, the ground balls, the batting practice, you know, failing, 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 and then succeeding, failing, succeeding. It's the same thing in the sales world. It's the volume. It's the repetition. It's the 10,000 hours, Malcolm Gladwell. It is just getting out there and doing it over and over and over again. So, you, you know, you get into pharma, you leave, then you get into med devices, you know, briefly, cause I know you got to go in a few minutes and I really do appreciate your time, but kind of talk through, you know, what advice would you give to somebody on how to get into certain industries and then how do you know it's time you need to make a change? Yeah. Yeah. I think when you ask that question, immediately what comes to mind that I had to think through and I've had to think through in my career, if I'm going to make a change is there's in my mind, two types of sellers. Mm-hmm. There's the the guy that loves going after whales. He's fine living on a base salary or living on nothing. And he closes that one big whale a year or a quarter and it's feast or famine. Mm-hmm. Then there's the other sales rep that they need the quick wins. I need to win every single day. I've got to see success or I'm going to lose my mind. And you have to find out first, which one are you? Mm. For me, I want the quick wins. Of course, I like the whales. They're going to come whatever. I need to see success every day. Like I need to see progress. And once I figured that out, I was able to then make decisions in my career based on the type of sale 
that I would that I would have at a prospective company or a role. And I needed to find a role first that aligned with that. And then I knew I'd be set up for success mentally because I would fit there. Then I look at skill sets and product market fit and you know all the all the things that we could really deep dive on. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, well, I had to figure out my career and I wish I would have done it 10 years ago is which which bucket do I fit and make decisions foundationally from that. And then pro- probably go after industries that allow you to have one big whale a month and you've hit quota, like maybe selling, right. selling real estate or something that's like a big transaction. You don't want to f- do that in pharmaceuticals where you're just trying to go after one big doctor. You'll never be successful. Yeah. I think that's I think that's fantastic advice. Never heard it explained like that. So, like I said, I'm going to steal two things from you today. So, Merlin, I really do appreciate your time. This has been great. I wish we could talk for hours upon hours upon hours, but I know you're a very busy man. If the audience wants to connect with you, and you know, what's the best way to do so? Yeah, LinkedIn probably professionally is the best way. Murray Watts uh, on LinkedIn, you can find me there. Trying to to keep as many baseball analogies as alive as possible. (laughs) So we'll do it again when I have another good one. Well, thank you so much, Murray. Really do appreciate that. If you want to get smarter, please go follow Murray on LinkedIn, Murray Watts. Or if you just want to chop it up and talk baseball with a former professional baseball player, you can always do that. Share this episode with like-minded individuals. Really do appreciate it. Have a conversation about staying humble, staying with the process, and focusing on what is important in the sales world and not giving up having that grit. Download the episode. Please reach out to the show, Mike, at Surviving Outside Sales if you have any questions. But I really do appreciate it. I want to thank my guest, Murray, for being here. And thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Surviving Outside Sales. Have a good day. Bye-bye.